Hello and welcome to the Boss Your Bridal Brand podcast. I'm Joanna Southwell, a mentor for wedding, fashion designers and retailers. If you are ready to get your business visible in front of your dream clients and step into your true creative genius, then this podcast is for you. Forget slogging away and getting nowhere. During our time together, I will give you the roadmap you need and show you how to boss your bridal brand. Hello and welcome to the Boss Your Bridal Brand podcast. Today we're very, very lucky to have the lovely Charlotte Arguru with us and we're going to be talking all about visibility and being yourself on your social media platforms. So welcome Charlotte, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me, I'm very honoured to be here. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, I wanted to <laughs> talk to you. Wasn't it? <laughs> I know. You're very welcome. Um, I just wanted, I obviously asked you because I greatly admire you both as a person and as your business. But also I think that you have something that's really, really special with your business. So before we go into those details, would you kindly tell listeners who maybe don't know you what it is that you do, please? Uh, I am a botanical illustrator, which means that I draw pictures of flowers and plants and birds and all things from the natural world and um, sell them to people as fine art. Um, I have packaged up and marketed a product called the Wedding Bouquet Illustration Service, which is what I'm most known for in the wedding industry. Um, And I also do a little bit of writing and blogging and uh, mentoring for women in creative business. Fantastic. Did that in a very nice, concise way. I think I'd have taken half an hour to <laughs> have done that. So well done. stuff as well. I'm a <laughs> mum and a wife and, you know, work in progress. All those things. <laughs> we all are, yes. So I think what I'd really like to kind of start with, if this is okay with you, is that as I said, you've got this really quite expansive and multifaceted brand within quite a small niche. There, I would imagine there aren't millions of people that do what you do. So can you tell me, did you plan to have multiple offerings and different income streams when you first set up your illustration business? Absolutely not. In fact, there wasn't really a plan. There was just the hope that somebody somewhere might buy one one of my pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next person and the next person. But actually, what I first thought I wanted to do was to create product line of homewares. So printing my illustrations onto products, tea towels and mugs and plates and sell those um, and sort of wholesale to lovely homeware stores. Yeah. What I soon realised with just producing the same image and trying to market the same image over and over like a print, and I guess this would be the same for your audience with a, a small collection of dresses, that I found it a bit boring, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Just trying to sell the same picture in different ways, it just left me a bit flat. And the part of the business that I loved was the one-to-one 
bespoke work. And so I knew my energy had to go into that. But it's quite hard to say to people, I can sell you anything. What do you want? Because people don't know enough about what it is you do to be able to instruct you. Yeah. They sort of know what they want. They definitely know what they don't want, but they don't quite know how to say it without all the reference points and all the vocabulary. So what I found was far more successful was to say, you can have this product. It's totally customizable, but here are the boundaries around it. So it will be this illustration in this size, in these materials, and it costs you this price. And then you package that up and market it. Yeah. And that's where I was able to carve a niche for myself. I think that is such a brilliant way of, of, of doing bespoke. And like you say, so many of the people that will be listening to this will be going, yeah. oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Because <laughs> it is really hard, isn't it? Like for a bride to come, like we've both married, mm-hmm. we've both bought wedding dresses, to come along and be like, I want a bespoke dress, but I don't yeah. know how, I, I don't really know how to say what I want. Yeah. I don't know what those words are. And I, yeah. I don't know what, when you're talking about material, which may be the same with you with paper and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's quite a hard thing to communicate, isn't it? So it's really smart the way that you've done that in the fact that it's still bespoke and it is still there's so much flexibility yes because if one of your um uh, audience wants to offer different types of lace or different types of bodicing uh, darts things like that that customer might know sort of what it is they like but they don't know all the vocabulary around it that's the bridal designer's job yes and it's the same in my situation with say the composition of a drawing my customer doesn't know that so they can't instruct it Yes. It's, I think it is easier to market a product that you, where you control the boundaries and present options. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think, has that been an important part in allowing you to, to develop and expand your brand? Or has there been other elements that you think have been really, really important? I think it helped me to carve a niche and become an expert at something in that niche and then broaden out into doing other things like writing, like mentoring. Yes. I think if you start trying to be everything to everyone, it's very, very difficult to um, be known for a particular style. Yes or a particular service if you just bend to every customer rather than saying this is who I am as a designer this is what I sell and making it so desirable that people who didn't even know they wanted that now want that. Absolutely and we talk all the time in the Facebook group and in my um, one-to-ones about the fact that having a niche is really beneficial to your brand. And I think that if you are new to the concept, it it is quite different, isn't it? To say, Mm -hmm. oh no, offer less. Because because that that will be better than 
saying, oh, but if I offer everything to everybody, then I'll someone will buy it. it. Yeah, yeah, somebody will buy it. But actually, it does take, I think, a bit of a leap of faith, a bit of courage to say, no, I'm, I, I'm going to say this is what I do. This is who I am. And this is what I produce. This is the way that it looks. Mm. And how did, how did you have to kind of think of, I'm going to do this and just hope that people like it? Or how did you kind of have the confidence to, to niche down? Confidence is an interesting word, isn't it? Let's take it, let's look at the meaning of the word. It means with trust. If you look at the etymology of the word, yes. it means with trust. So I think people think confidence is this thing you sort of wait around for and then it will strike by divine (laughs) intervention or strike by lightning. And it just doesn't happen that way. It's more that if you trust in what you're doing and then you take action on it and you get out there and you gain experience and you gain feedback and you tweak and you go again and gain feedback you start to gain competence. And I think that competence is a much more important word than competence, really. When you become good at what you're doing, and then you're able to get in front of people and saying, right, this is, I've got the solution to your problem. You're telling me you want this kind of dress, but I know you want this kind of dress. That's when you feel expert. And people are attracted to it because people just want to look the best possible on their, that they can on their wedding day, don't they? So they Absolutely. want to trust in their bridal designer. So you asked me where I got that confidence. Did you? Is that what you asked? <laughs> Completely lost the question. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot it as well. But yeah, did, like, to actually the, the ability to niche, did that kind of come quite naturally to you or did it, was it a leap of faith? Did it come naturally to me, to niche? I think it's just essential. Mm. I think it's really hard to go out there and be a garden designer or an interior designer if you don't have a signature style. Mm. So I think bridal designers have to have that signature style, if not just for your own personal fulfillment. If you're making dresses that you don't love, it's very hard to bounce out of bed in the morning being excited about the day's work ahead. And I think when you're excited and you're passionate, people just um, get involved in that and it's an upward spiral, isn't it? People get excited about your product. If you're just trying to get any piece of, any scrap of business going, it's very hard for you to portray an excited, passionate, beautiful brand that people want to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that actually the product that you'll be putting out there is going to be of the same quality. Yeah. It's not going, you're not going to, because you're not creating from a, a piece, a, a place of kind of passion, are you? You're going, mm. oh, I don't really like this, but people want it or I think people want it or that's the commercial option so Mm. I'll bland myself down Mm. to create something that I think 
you know, middle of the road people yeah. might like. But actually, I always say to people that you should create what you want to create yes. and then find the audience yeah. who wants to buy from you. Yeah. And I think with niching, you niche once and then you niche on that niche and then you niche on that niche on that niche and then you find your people. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And speaking of people, how did you kind of find your people in in the wedding industry? For people maybe that are a bit new or Mm. maybe, you know, have been in business a while, but let's be honest, the landscape of weddings has changed quite dramatically in, you know, many times actually over, say, like the last decade. How did you kind of find your people and and your place within the wedding industry? Um, I think very naively. (laughs) (laughs) because it was a new this is a a new career for me I had a career before having children um I didn't know who was who I didn't know who was important I didn't know who was you know the big names the fashionable names any of that so I just started going to a couple of events and saying hello to people not knowing uh not being totally intimidated by who's who because I just didn't know (laughs) I think that's amazing. Let's be honest, we say ignorance is bliss, but actually it can be a really good thing to just take people as as you see them and not, and and they're not being like, oh my goodness, you're so-and-so and and you've got- You're so scary, yeah. (laughs) And to start to make friends. um, And then I started building an Instagram account um, and those relationships build in the direct messages. Absolutely, I get very little interaction from um, customers um, directly. Those people, for my illustration work, tend to be very private people. So they are loiterers. Yes. So they um, they love to follow the account and they'll follow it for a few weeks and then they'll book me. Um, or longer, sometimes way, way longer. Um, but finding my place in the industry was about making friends in real life yeah I don't think you can kind of underestimate how much of an impact that has Mm. on your business but also on your kind of sense of well in your sanity quite frankly in in the the wedding industry especially you know you work on your own I work Mm. on my Mm. own you know yes we have clients but we don't have a you know we don't have an office full of people to chat to on a daily basis and obviously lots of my designers are within a small team and my retailers, they will have people that maybe work with them, but they are people that, that they employ. So it is a different yeah. relationship. Yeah. And I think that, you know, reaching out to people and sending a DM and just celebrating people, I think is a really, really great way to yeah but also you know I I sell B2C so I I sell to newlyweds but I also most of my income actually comes from people in the wedding industry who hire me to um create gifts for their clients yes so and that will be repeat business so I imagine more like your designers who who wholesale it's about building those relationships with other people in the industry as well as with brides and their families yeah absolutely and I particularly I love on your Instagram account and your social media generally how you share your 
wider values it's and your interests and tastes not just this is what I do when you're talking about illustration you you share that and it really allows us to understand our sort of we obviously create a perception but it's what we think that we know um about you and that if we commission a piece from you that we know what we're getting did you always do that or have has your kind of offering within the social media world has that changed over time it's hugely changed because when I started I was just so terrified of sharing myself yeah so to begin with you know my Instagram icon was my logo not my face and I never put myself in it and I can even remember being in a Facebook group and asking people's advice if they thought if I put my picture on in my brochure a picture of me whether people would think that I was vain or arrogant. I was so embarrassed of it. I yeah. was embarrassed of, or I was scared to be embarrassing to my family and friends. I was scared they'd all laugh at me. I was scared of failure and also scared of success in the same breath. Uh, yeah, but, but all of it. yeah. I, just, <laughs> I didn't share any of that stuff. So now I share things that I know attract people with the same values as me. Now that doesn't have, in fact, it's very rarely about illustration. That will be things about, I like doing a hashtag old outfit of the day because I like to wear vintage clothes and reuse clothes that I've had for 20 years. Um, I tend to find that people who are into that sort of stuff are the kinds of people who are interested in or care about what they put on the walls in their homes. I share a little bit about food and um, definitely about home decor, because I know that people who care about what they're eating into wellness tend to be the people who care about nature. Yes. And are more likely, therefore, to decorate their homes with pictures like mine. So it's a slightly um, broader take on what I share. I'm not just sharing pictures of illustrations. And I think, again, that's just to entertain myself as much as anything else, because I would get bored (laughs) of constantly trying to shove pictures of my own drawings down people's faces. Um, So I much more entertain myself by by sharing um, across a sort of lifestyle sector. But that then really builds people's trust of you and of your like you say being very transparent with your values Mm. I think really does connect people doesn't it like you said with um you know people who are really interested in in your garden and Mm. what you grow and the fact that you put flowers on the table and things like that it you would probably assume that actually they're going to love the the illustration that you've made of their wedding bouquet but I think some people do worry that if they're showing stuff that isn't directly related to what their business is what their product is that it's a little bit irrelevant yeah um but I think 
it's completely the opposite <laughs> to that. I agree with you. I agree with you. I love all that stuff. In fact, I would probably start unfollowing people if bridal designs were just showing me dress after dress after dress. I want to see snippets of the process, snippets of running a shop or a studio. I want to see all different facets of it to really get me hooked. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot get enough of Alexander McQueen behind the scenes reels, oh, reels, but reels that they <laughs> produce of the stuff in the atelier and the sketches and the process and the oh, it's so exciting, isn't it? And do you find there is nothing too boring in that? If they showed you some thread, you would be excited by it. Oh yeah, of course I would. Yeah. <laughs> worries isn't it that they think their their real lives are too boring but it's not of course it's not but I think we take for granted the things that if you are an expert in something if you have a real skill there's a lot that you do that you don't even realize that you do yes and especially actually if it's a talent Mm. if it's something I'm not saying that it, it comes easy but that there is something there is that little seed there to start off with that of course you have to work on and develop but I think if you're talented and it comes naturally to you Mm -hmm. it can be quite hard to break that down and say you know well of course I I just do that anyway I just do it naturally I just but actually that's the stuff that people go nuts for because not everybody has those abilities no and if someone likes you for the design of a dress they will love you for sharing all the details behind it if someone maybe likes your dress and then you share all the details behind it and they find it boring well guess what they were never going to spend five grand on a dress with you anyway so it doesn't even matter no exactly and actually I I think and this I think has come for me with a couple of years under my belt with social media mm. but if somebody looks at something I'm doing on a story and thinks oh my god she's so boring I don't care because it, it's it, it's their perception of me it's I, I, and that, I can't control that can I mm. I can only do what I think people will benefit from or yes if I'm you know thinking if it's a glass of wine maybe not maybe that's just for my own benefit um but actually I don't really mind because those aren't my customers those aren't people that are going to part money to hang out with me yeah let's talk about this uh oversharing (gasps) how you can share in a very smart way so that people get to know you but without having to share parts of your private life you don't want to share oh yes let's get the secret sauce <laughs> <laughs> so people message me all the time saying oh that's so you or I saw this and thought of you or I know you'd love this complete strangers <laughs> and it's always fascinating to me yeah. and I think there's something about if you compare it to a good novelist or a a good writer of any type a good novelist always leaves little pockets of white space for you to fill in yourself and I think you can do the same with a social media account 
So I've had people tell me things about my life that they, they sort of put two and two and two together. Yeah. That's fascinating. But yep. they will carve their own story. And it's fine. I think it's quite fun. Um, but I don't share my children. I occasionally share the time a mother, but I don't actually share my children. I will share the time a mother to give context to the way that I run my business. I share elements of my home because I know that people who want to put my artwork on the wall will generally quite like my style and the way that I decorate Yes, uh, the furnishings I use, the way I put colours together, the way I put textures together. I only ever show very close-ups of my home. Partly because my home's quite skinny and it's very difficult to get a long shot. But you don't see long shots. <laughs> yes, because it's private. It's private. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, and I think you protect that really, yeah. really well because we do, as an audience member, we do feel like we get a, a vibe about you and mm. your home and the things that are important. And I think it's that kind of almost lifestyle, that, that mm. kind of the feeling that you get from your brand. And I, I think it's very difficult to do that with a product-based business. If you do you? Don't Let's talk about that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, because, well, I, from my point of view... If somebody wants to work with me, it's just me. It's this mm. face, this voice, this this brain. And it, whatever, whenever I'm sort of, if I'm trying to sell myself or whether it's just I'm talking about something I think will help people, it's still my perception and my opinion and my learning. Mm. Whereas I think with a product-based business that is slightly different and I think that can be taken as a standalone thing but actually I believe that it's far more valuable and far more exciting if we know a little bit of the story and the kind of atmosphere and uh, around it yeah it gives a deeper context so this is about storytelling yes this is about saying here's this dress that you're going to invest a lot of money in for the most important day of your life, potentially. And knowing that that person probably, I mean, maybe this, it, it will be different per brand, but investing so much in it wants, cares about where it came from, cares yes, about the hands yeah. that make it, cares yes, about yeah. the heart that designs it. So let's, give them that depth that that's like give them something to connect to but you do not have to share that this person in your family has this illness and this thing is is very difficult if you don't want to if you want to go for it but you don't have to there are ways to share yourself with context to the dress you're designing and it's Absolutely. all about understanding your values and communicating them well. Absolutely. I think that sharing your values is so important in building trust. Mm. And as we know, people who are going to value a product 
that like like you were saying that that want the whole experience they want the story they want the quality and they want the expertise of somebody trust is very important isn't it in kind of in getting the sale because if you're not really sure whether they're gonna you know produce something you like the look of what they do but I'm not really sure I I don't think that you're gonna uh, maybe convert inquiries in the same Mm. way that you would do if people sort of know a little bit more about you a little bit more of your um expertise and they can social media is your your best friend in that sense because you can very quickly present a, a sort of 360 degree version of yourself and your brand without having 20 years experience yes you can put forward this portfolio. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is why I do it. This is who I do it for. Do you want to know more? Drop me a message. And you can do that in a few weeks even. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that is really, that's a really, really, really good sort of piece of um, information for people who might just be starting up, who Mm -hmm. have a beautiful product and have, have a really good level of quality and expertise but maybe don't have the catalog of yeah. experience as yeah. somebody else in the industry um and yes because I've spoken to people who, who will say things like when I have a photo shoot then I'll start building a social media audience <laughs> yeah it's like hang on you're going to have this beautiful shoot and no one to show it to or people say I'll build social media audience and when I've got a thousand followers, then I'll do this. Yeah. Or in the earning a certain amount per month, then I'll invest in this. And you think, oh, this is all slightly topsy-turvy, isn't it? If there's something you know you should be doing, you've got to start now. Absolutely. Like, you know, I always kind of think of surfers, right? Right. <laughs> Did not Random. know that's where we were going. <laughs> I know. Weren't expecting that, were you? Great, great surfer that I am. Never done it in my life. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, right, if you are on your board in the sand and you see a wave coming, you're too late. You've missed it. Mm. You've missed that. And you can't kind of, I believe, you can't have every single thing in place no. for when the hit comes from wave yeah. comes where you have to go out there in the sea and yeah. start paddling and doing all of that <laughs> before it comes yeah you know that's what you have to do with social media don't you you yeah. kind of have to say maybe no one is listening or yeah. maybe that maybe that I don't have the following that I would my head would like me to have. yes yeah but I've got to put myself and what is important to me out there first yeah and I think that when you feel like no one is watching and no one is listening it can be very demoralizing and very hard to motivate yourself to keep going but I think consistency is such an important element in what we're all trying to deliver because yes you're inconsistent it's very hard to look professional it's very hard for someone to know that you're there. Yes. You know, if you're one of these people who has a burst of 
inspiration and shows up for two weeks and then disappears for six months it's quite hard to for someone to know that you're available yes whereas setting a pace that you can stick to even if it's one post a week or you know one newsletter a season if it's you can make that and stick to it it's much easier to build a solid brand that people absolutely invest in absolutely and as we're talking about kind of social media and followers and things like that I want you to just touch on the fact that you have this what seems from the outside to be a very engaged and most definitely a a really beautiful and depth Instagram account um and your following is less than 5,000 what would you say to people who think like you were saying oh I can do this when I get here what like this magical 10,000 that when we get to 10,000 on Instagram all our life will be pure perfection yeah I would say pop the kettle on open your notebook and ask yourself why you think that and where that number whatever it is comes from because it's not real is it no (laughs) it'll just be from you know various snippets of advice or information you've been given but when you get to 10,000 you want 20,000 and when you get to 20,000 you want 100,000 and there'll always be chasing constantly it's much more um, productive to think about the business that you want to run. Now, I don't want to spend every evening on my sofa responding to 100 DMs. That would be hideous to me. <laughs> Actually, no thank you to a very big, big audience. What I would rather have is a small, focused, engaged audience um, of real relationships I mean, there are obviously people who I, who I don't know who, who follow me, but a lot of them, let's say florists, are people that I do, will respond to my posts, but we then have a subsequent chat in DMs. Those are the ones who recommend me to their customers. Yes. And that's where I get bookings. And if you're talking about a business, ultimately you're talking about what's happening in your bank account. You know, it's got to be creatively fulfilling and all that lovely stuff as well. But the purpose of my Instagram account is to channel people to my website, which then channels them into my PayPal account. Yes. So we've got to keep sight of that. The goal of my business is not to reach 50,000 followers. Now, that is for some people. If you want to be an influencer and you want your business model to be that you inspire people, Um, And then brands want to pay you in order to leverage that audience you've built because they feel it's aligned with the product they sell. You can make money that way. So I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm saying that is a different business to if you are trying to earn money by selling wedding dresses. Yes. So you need to sit down with your notebook and work out which one you want to be. Do you want to be an influencer and be paid to I don't know sell protein shakes 
<laughs> or do you want to sell wedding dresses? If you want to sell wedding dresses, you need an audience of wedding planners and other professionals who are going to refer you and a stream of incoming newly engaged people. Yeah. And that's where you need to put your energy, not on numbers. This is not a numbers game. This is not about reach. If you want reach, go and dance on TikTok. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that we can get a little bit caught up with numbers, can't we? Not just the number of followers, but like you were saying, like lots of other um, business coaches, mentors, people who you can pay to help you with your business Mm. will say, like, go into your analytics and really spend some time looking at that. And I think that that is definitely valuable. Mm, Um, Absolutely. And of course, you need to know what your audience engages with and what they enjoy and what is a benefit to them but similarly I think it's it is really important to do things because it feels right for you Mm. and it feels right for your business and I think that that still helps build people's confidence and appetite for your products even if they are lurking a little bit or even if it's going to take them um six months to send that email asking for an appointment or and just because the numbers maybe don't look as great as you want to I think doesn't mean that you're not actually doing a good job absolutely I mean I think I could probably take my business offline now and just with relationships with 50 or 100 florists still make the same amount of money yes so if Instagram shuts down tomorrow, I think I'd be all right. So it's not just about hitting this mystery number because that's just vanity. That's a vanity metric and we don't need that. That's just noise and you need to dial it down. Yeah, I, exactly. And I think that we need to remember that Instagram is a marketing tool. It is not there to mark your value as a person and as a business it is there for you to use for your benefit Mm. um sorry instagram but that is (laughs) no they're they're all right aren't they let's be honest it's not feel sorry for them they'll be all right (laughs) but that's i think it's really good to have that kind of check and go we're all right we're all right with our 600 followers or we're okay with our 8,000 followers depending on you know what we're doing that that still means we're still doing a good job we're still doing what we are supposed to be doing with that platform absolutely and it's far more important to your business to have a thousand people who actually care about what you do than 10,000 who really don't yeah and I would love if you could um you're all right tell the story about a very big thing that's happened in your business that happened due to not necessarily reach but a dm just one dm yeah um so i have now started writing for the wedding website love my dress um which is i didn't see it coming it's not something i uh planned for or pitched for but i've been writing a blog since i started the business 
And my blog has always been quite eclectic, never just been about showcasing illustrations. It's been about creative living and much more sort of heartfelt, what I'm into at the moment, what's inspiring me. And every year I write a floral trends report because I love flowers and because I want to connect with florists. Absolutely. So I create a piece of content every year that is specifically to appeal and broaden my um, base of, of florists who I connect with because florists will see it and ping me a message. Suddenly we're chatting and then they're giving out my leaflets to their customers for me. So that's the sort of the business side of it. I also yes. just do it. I want to know what's coming up next year and what I'm likely to be drawing. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, but that's the sort of strategy side of it um and then yeah that turned into a sort of writing opportunity um which puts me in front of industry people sort of positioning myself as as an expert of sort of as I'll be writing about trends um as someone who oh help me out here (laughs) someone who has an eye and has an opinion and um but actually I think it, it, it is just again building your um people's trust with you within the industry as well as you know customers because if they yeah. see you on love my dress and they're like I didn't oh my goodness what's what's what, what is that what is what is a botanist what, what I don't know any of this stuff yeah and then and they look sca- sort of through to my own website and everything yeah but because I am then, there are people who I draw for in the industry who advertise on that website. So I am placing myself amongst my people. Yes. In another way. So it's just another way to uh, put the brand out there without just hammering home, always trying to sell the same, same old thing, the same old way. Yes. And it's, I can't wait to read it. It's going to be brilliant. Do you know when it's, um, when you're first, when you sort of. First one's already out and then it'll be like every week, every couple of weeks. We need to find our flow a little bit just with timing. (gasps) So exciting. So everybody needs to um, head over. I'll put um, obviously all Charlotte's details in the notes for this episode. And you'll definitely need to head over to Love My Dress and read about what she's saying, which is absolutely incredible. So Thank you so much, Charlotte. Before we go, the one thing I did really want to ask you just to end it, which is what do you think has been the the one big thing that has helped push your business forward? The one thing is courage. Mm. You have to take courage because no one is going to hand it to you. No one can tell you what you want. No one can define the business you want to build and how it's going to fit into your lifestyle and give you the most fulfilling, joyful life that you want to lead. Only you can do that. You have to understand yourself and who you want to work with, how you want to work, when you want to work, and then make those your non-negotiables and build the business around that with courage yeah I love that that is so brilliant and I think it's something that we can all do isn't it it doesn't cost anything it is something we can all do we have to work on it obviously 
Um, but it is something well, people, I think people do. wish they could buy it if they could just like buy some a subscription of courage pills it would be really easy. oh my god can you imagine just how one of those should be pop one of those with your multivitamin in the morning it'd be wonderful but now unfortunately <laughs> you actually have to do the work and I think when you understand all those things about who you are and how you want to work um you understand where your limits are and that mostly those are limits that you're putting on yourself There'll be things that because some teacher in school made you feel stupid or some man made you feel worthless or, you know, all those things. Once you can identify all those things, you can just move through them and just go and do it anyway. Absolutely. And and you can make it. I think when you when you understand courage and confidence um, and consistency, um, you can just go and do it and build the thing you want to build and set your own pace and go after that massive Instagram audience if that's what you want or keep it really small and cozy if that's what you want but it's absolutely yours yours to do that is amazing and on that note everybody thank you so much Charlotte you've been absolutely wonderful and so inspirational and I am sure that everybody listening to this will agree so thank you so so much for taking the time off especially on such a beautiful sunny day as well (laughs) she's not in the park she's sitting here talking to me so thank you I will be I will be in a few hours I've got to finish a drawing maybe head to the post office and then I'll be in the park (laughs) excellent excellent well I hope you have a wonderful time and thank you so so much so, Charlotte, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can do that? Come and find me on Instagram at charlotte.argyru, which is A-R-G-Y-R-O-U. And um, I have a Facebook group for um, women, not just in the wedding industry, but all sorts of luxe lifestyle businesses um, for a bit of mindset work and a bit of comms strategy as well which I am a member of and it's brilliant. So guys, if you want to do that, I say it will all be in the show notes, but thank you so much, Charlotte. I really, really appreciate you taking time out to chat with me and uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for having me and thanks everyone for listening.